Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We will get your thoughts on that a little bit later on 0800 150811. But let's talk some water polo. Let's talk about a sport that requires huge aerobic capacity, incredible skill, and is gladiatorial at the same time. It's the oldest team sport at the Olympic Games. And over the weekend, water polo had its New Zealand Secondary Schools Championship. Joining us on the programme from New Zealand water polo is Fabian Van Roy. Fabian, good evening. Welcome. Mark, how are you? Good. We have two new New Zealand Secondary Schools champions on the boys and the girls. How did it wash up? Who won what? So we got Sacred Heart winning the boys' side and St. Cuthbert's winning the girls' side. And um, Well, you were there, and and I thought they were fantastic finals, closer uh, than I thought they were going to be, especially the girls, um, where we've seen diocesan rule for years, even though Rangitoto went and took it away from them last year. Um, and in the boys, we saw you know a, a very well-contested final between uh, Tauranga boys and, and Sacred Heart. So I thought it was great. Yeah, in the finish, uh, Sacred Heart really were just a notch up from everyone else, weren't they? What are they doing so right at the moment? Is it good coaching? Is it the fact they've got access to their own pool? Well, I think, you know, coaching, obviously, especially at a, when you're considering teenage uh, players, boys and girls, makes a huge difference. So having a good coach is definitely uh, incredibly important. I think it's it's the second most important factor. The single most important factor is access to uh, sufficient pool, uh, pool space and with Sacred Heart using their own pool and having their own pool, uh, at the disposal, it's just good, it makes a huge difference to the program. Mm. I think the pleasing thing um, for a lot of water polo aficionados is that historically it was always dominated by the Auckland schools, but now we are starting to see Tauranga begin to emerge on the boys' side consistently over the last few years. Hamilton Boys High School have a good program, and this year Palmerston North also in that bronze medal match. Yeah, incredible to see uh, Barmy uh, coming through at North Islands. They didn't get that much uh, going their way, and they didn't quite crack the, the top four. But to see them here making the top four, and uh, and, and giving you know giving Hamilton boys a good run for their money in the game, um, I thought was great. And, you know, James Ross, the Palmerston North boys high coach, has been working on that program tirelessly for years, um, and it's you know it's paying off. So that's it was great to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the on the girls' side, we, we mentioned very much the top two Auckland schools traditionally, St Cuthbert's and Diocesan, both uh, have wonderful facilities they can access, both have, I guess, a legacy which they build on from year to year. Um, but talking to schools like Rangiruru, talking to the coaches out of St Margaret's, there is a lot of emphasis being placed now on water polo in those South Island schools. And you do sense maybe it's just a matter of time before we start to see the South Island starting to have a little bit more of a impact on those North Island girls' schools. I think so. And you, you noticed it uh, uh, at the tournament last week with uh, Rangiruru in, in, you know, in particular, 
um, obviously they have access to, and they have had access to um, uh, Zoltan Boros, who has been the uh, NZ under 20 women's coach uh, for two years now. Um, so having, again, having a coach like that really makes a huge difference in the program. Um, uh, but, but they're ready, you know. These 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 teams are ready, and they're knocking on the door to 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 fight for uh, the medals. Uh, Running through coming fifth, which was uh, which was great to see, just outside of medal contention. But you know, obviously, very very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there's also a Division Two section of this because there are a lot of emerging schools, but a lot of schools don't maybe perhaps put the same emphasis on it as others. A lot of schools don't necessarily have the same access to pool space. But when you add it all up, I mean, we're talking 25, 30 schools involved. So the Division Two, who were the winners of that? In the boys, we had Mount Albert Crema, uh, your alma mater. Of course, it makes, it makes you happy hearing that they've done well. And I think um, deservedly they won their final. It was, it was close, and they actually played it against the Sacred Heart second team, Sacred Heart College from Auckland. Um, and uh, in, in the girls, we had Carmel College uh, win it all. Um, uh, again, a very close game. Uh, we've had this year a record number of entries in, in uh, the North Islands event, in the South Islands event, and, and, and the schools nationals events in both divisions. So, you know, we're looking at a, a division two for uh, in the open division for the for the boys slash open division that had twenty uh, odd teams in there. Um, unheard of. You know, I've been doing this for seven or eight years, and, and this is the highest number of entries that we've had, even after COVID, uh, I didn't expect and we didn't plan for this many teams. We we figured that we expected there to be less teams. So I think, you know, it's really promising to see the, uh, the interest in the sport and the participation in the sport. Um, and, you know, now we've got to start looking at how do we cater for all that with, you know, uh, pool space as it is and the lack of pool space across the country mm-hmm. um, but it is, a, it is an incredible problem to have you know, mm-hmm. a, a luxury problem <clears throat> uh, Yeah now Fabian for secondary school water polo that's pretty much the end of their season for a lot of the uh, year 13 kids who played in the various teams that will be their last game for the school so how does the rest of the water polo season look um, where do these students now focus on from a water polo point of view and how does the game look at a senior point of view what is currently underway in regards to the game in this country so for these players the year 13s uh, especially coming out of school they'll have a term off uh, term two will be uh, very little activity because this is where we have our senior club activity historically. So um, currently we have the National League getting underway. Uh, this weekend the men's competition starts up. Uh, last month we saw the women's competition starting and that will run until for the women until mid-June. Um, and the women's team will then be preparing uh, to go to Japan and get ready for world championships in July. Um, and for the men, uh, they will be finishing in mid-July. Our men's team did not make the cut for uh, the Japan World Championships, so that competition will last a little bit longer with a slight hiatus in, in mm. June because of our junior uh, world team going to Romania to play. Um, but from there on, the junior program will start back up in July, uh, and uh, you'll see that uh, competition, the junior competitions from grades 20 and under all the way down to 14 and under at the end of the year.
Mm-hmm. Uh, National Premier League water polo, uh, that is uh, a big focus at that senior level to get our players uh, in good shape and also clearly selection for those national teams. Now, uh, when did that start and how long does that go for? We will start the Premier League and we, we ran the Premier League last year in, in, uh, in August and uh, that will probably, uh, we're trying to workshop it around a um, Olympic qualification moment for the women's team, actually. Uh, so for the men, it'll uh, catch up. Uh, it'll start up in, at the end of August slash September. Uh, the women's uh, main, the women may not see a Premier League this year due to that Olympic yep. qualification that they have at the start of August. Mm-hmm. And so the national club competition underway. Yeah, national club comp- competition underway. Um, we're seeing some interest from Australia and a lot of Australian players coming over this year to join our league, which is a good sign. You know, that means, uh, you know, an increased level of, uh, of, of play, a higher level, a higher standard, because the Australians have uh, a, a better competition overall. So this is looking good. You know, we're excited about the season starting and, and looking forward to some really good games. Now, I've got a little youngster, Fabian, that's, um, and both my kids this weekend are actually involved in a little tournament, Seawolves tournament, I think, at St Cuthbert's. And so a very, very popular sport amongst young kids. I've, it's, you know, Fabian, look, I do a bit of commentary work for you guys, but it's not a sport I grew up playing. My kids have by default fallen into it. But it's been amazing to see how much interest there is in at water polo when I turn up to these give-it-a-go days at places like Waitakere and stuff and uh, flip a ball and just actually how much interest there is in their game. What, what, what do you think the appeal is for the young Youngsters. It's a, uh, it's quite an accessible game, uh, as you as you mentioned at the top. Quite exciting uh, to watch. Obviously, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, it's fun being in the water. It's it's a great environment for kids. It's um, it's not as impactful a sport as obviously as rugby, where there's a lot of contact without the water in between. Uh, so I think those factors really are really important. Uh, you know, obviously the, the, the sport gets played at schools level at a quite, quite a high level with a lot of participation. That helps, mm-hmm. you know, the pride of playing for your school and just the fun, you know. Mm-hmm. The, we, we try and keep the fun at these younger age groups and that's, that's the most important thing, making sure these kids have fun, they get to touch the ball, they get to swim around with their mates scores of goals and enjoy. Yeah, what I've noticed, and I think basketball also do it very well and I don't think netball do it very well, is that when my daughter was playing netball, they ruled it like it was an international and the whistle would be going every two seconds. And what I like in water polo for the youngsters and in basketball is they're not pedantic. They just let the kids swim with the ball. They let the kids touch the ball. They just basically let it go. And, you know, kids are not always old enough or mature enough to understand the subtleties of the game and and some of the rules they're breaking. So they don't bother actually implementing them. And I think it just makes it a, a much better experience at that age. Yeah, and we do a lot of work with our referees to make sure, because we, you know, like other sports, small sports, we deal with a lot of younger referees. And we do a lot of work with them to make sure that they take the whistle out in moments like this, you know, for fun tournaments like these. It is important for the referees to also uh, take a step back and and explain situations. You know, when an 11-year-old or a 12-year-old don't understand what's going on, take the ball out, take the whistle out, and explain briefly what's going on, and then carry on. Mm. You know, And, and, and keep in mind... It's got to be fun for the kids. And there's no point, as you say, to rule it as an Olympic uh, uh, a medal match because it isn't for these kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's got to be, it, you know, it's got to make sense. To them. Yeah. Now, the other thing too, and I'd imagine if you don't want to necessarily play it, but you want to be involved in it, there is a pathway too in terms of the refereeing side of it. 
Yeah, so uh, we're working on it at the moment. We're really um, we've revised the the referee pathway and development opportunities uh, for our, our referees. So there's a lot more regional focus on getting uh, uh, more referees locally and regionally up to speed quicker. Um, and you know, with a with a small uh, a small sport like a, like like what we have, there's a lot of eyes on on development and quicker opportunities of growing faster in, in, in the sport. So um, uh, we see a lot of young referees, very well-willing referees, and we've got to make sure that we get these guys and girls in the right place to, to develop. And also, if you know, if they want to make it internationally, that they get an opportunity at refereeing international events. Fabian Van Roy, love you. Thank you. Brilliant. Talk again. Thanks, Watto. Excellent. There we go. Fabian Van Roy from New Zealand Water Polo.